Regardless of where you are on your spiritual journey with God, whether you've been following Jesus for a long time or you're just kind of new to the party, you could not have picked a better series to join us. The church is not enough. It's going to be the perfect opportunity for those of you that are followers of Jesus to be able to identify the next step that God wants you to take because there's another one, I promise you, for every single one of us. And even if you're not a Christian or you're, you're not even sure where you are on the spectrum, you're not even how to, you're sure how to describe where you are with God, but you're curious, you're investigating, you're interested, this is a perfect series for you. In fact, in the next few minutes, we may confirm some of the reasons why you haven't gone to church up until now or you tried to avoid church up until now. So I think this is going to be helpful for all of us and it's going to help us all go to the next level. That's why we're doing this series. You know, we have new people join us every week. It's, it's an awesome thing, really. I, it's very special that people would... Say, hey, listen, I've never been to church before. I haven't been to church in 20 years, and I'm going to give this a shot or give it one more shot. And so with people that are attending new every weekend and joining us online every weekend, you know, I think it's important for us to realize, as all of us were new at one point, and maybe we've forgotten, the Summit Church is a little different. I mean, this is different than a lot of churches that anyone has, you know, that have attended here. You've not seen a church like this. You've never heard of a church like this. You've certainly never attended a church like this. I mean, I'd be the same way. And so the interesting comments we get from time to time, it kind of reveals some of that. Um, it, I, I, sometimes I'm not quite sure. Is, is, is that a compliment or is not, you know? A few weeks ago, I was talking to a guy on the patio and he was describing to me what God was doing in his life and that he was new to church and he hadn't been to church much. And man, this guy was just, he was so excited about what he was learning and, and the steps he was taking spiritually with God. And he looked at me and he said, man, listen, I, I haven't been to church much, but this is one hell of a church. <laughs> yeah. He said, well, what did you tell him? I told him to leave and never come back. You don't use that kind of language on <laughs> No, I did. I looked at him and I said, I completely agree, man. Completely agree. And we're so glad you're here. And it's so great to hear what God is doing in your life. We exist as a church to further the mission of Jesus Christ. And the way we say it around here is that we want people to receive and share the love of Jesus. And here's what I want you to know. Make no mistake. There is more to receive than you are receiving. And there is more to share than you are currently sharing. And the more to receive and the more to share is out there, not in here. And I say that because if you'll listen to how people talk, if you will listen to how especially Christians describe their their journey with God, and, and even people who are not quite sure, you know, they identify as Christians, but they're not really following Jesus kind of thing. It's just kind of one of those labels because they, you know, live in the South, and my grandma was a Christian, and my great-grandma was a Christian. We've all, I've been Christians my whole life, you know, kind of thing, those people. And a lot of us, you'll hear people say, they'll describe their relationship with God and their connection to God in terms of their church attendance, their involvement in here. They'll say things like, well, you know what? I, 
me and God are me and God are pretty tight. I go to church most weeks. I go to church. Like, are you a Christian? Yeah, I go to church. That's not what I asked you. I asked you if you're a follower of Jesus. Yeah, I go to church. Like, attending church is the thing, right? Now, it's certainly a thing, and we're glad you're here. We'll get to that. But you'll hear people describe, you know, if they're kind of iffy spiritually, they're not quite sure, you know, what's going on in their life, and they know they need to, you know, crank it up a notch or two, they'll go, well, you know what? I, I really should get back in church. Oh, that's nice. Right? Or if they've just fallen off the deep end, man, their life is just falling apart, they'll just crumble and look at you and say, I know I need to go to church. That's great. That's fantastic. But listen very carefully. Going to church, although it's very important, is not what it's all about. Jesus Christ did not leave heaven 2,000 years ago and come to earth and live a perfect sinless life and give his life for the sins of the world by dying on a cross just so that you and I could attend a church service one hour a week. It's so much bigger than that. He did not die for the sins of the world so that we could put a butt in a seat for one hour a week. No, you know why Jesus died? Because he wanted to transform completely our entire lives, not just one hour a week, but the other 167 hours the rest of the week. So where are you getting that math? Well, there's 168 hours in a week, right? One at church, one watching online. We're so glad you're here. We're so glad you're here. No, what Jesus did is he came to affect all 168 hours. Your faith and my faith cannot be measured by one hour a week in a church service. It's so much bigger than that. And if you'll keep listening to how Christians talk, they'll go on to describe their experience in church by what they get out of it. And you hear people say this. Oh, I love the summit. I love to go to church because of what I get out of it. Now, I understand what people are saying. I get what they're intending to say. Maybe they don't realize what they're really saying. I hear people say it all the time. Well, I get a lot out of that. Thank you, Pastor. I got a lot out of that. Now, where this gets wonky is when you no longer get something out of it. Because that's what happens, right? I hear people say it. Maybe you've heard people say it. Maybe you've said it. Well, you know what? I'm not getting anything out of that. I don't get much out of it. I used to get something out of it. Now I'm not getting much out of it anymore. It's just not, just not connected with me. I just, and so what happens, and, and if you're not a Christian, you'll hear maybe you've got Christian friends who say stuff like this. It's, it's kind of crazy. Well, you know, I'm not getting much out of that. So they'll go to another church where they get more out of it until they're not getting anything out of it anymore. And then they find another church so they get more out of it until they're not getting what they want out of it, what they think they need out of it, what they expected to get out of it. Do you, do you see the problem here? Who is the center of that scenario? You are, and that's the problem. I am, and that's the problem. You mean church exists? You mean this is all about what I get out of it? I mean, I'm not all that. You're not all that. What about Jesus? What about the mission of Jesus? Isn't that what the local church is about? Is forwarding the mission of Jesus? 
Or does the local church exist just to make sure you get something out of it? Wouldn't it be much better, instead of talking about what I get out of it, is to begin to talk about what I can bring to it? Because we are here to worship. We are here to engage with who God is, not ask God to interact with who just we are. What can I bring to it? How can I contribute? How can I offer myself? How can I give? How can I serve? And there's a lot of people that bring that attitude to church. But most of the time, let's be honest, people mostly just attend. They just show up. And if you're new, if you're new to church, if you're new to God, if you're new to this whole following Jesus thing and you're just investigating, that's okay for you right now. But if you are a follower of Jesus, if you consider yourself a Christian who follows Jesus and you love God and you're so glad that he loves you, then that just simply attending is no longer acceptable. There's more. You know why? Because we don't just go to church. We are the church. So we need to be the church. We don't just go to church. We don't just attend. We are the church. So we must be the church because the church is not a place. It's not a building. It's a people. The scriptures are so clear on that. It's not about what I get out of it. It's about what I can bring to it. This, this whole idea of church is not enough, I understand that's a challenging title for a series, At Church. I get it. Like, what are you saying here, man? Right? I understand that's a tricky title, and it's tricky for a couple reasons. First of all, because attending church is a big deal for all of us at some point, and that's significant. For some of you, the fact that you are here is a huge spiritual step. Because you haven't been to church ever. Or, or you haven't been to church in like 20 years or a long time or since the last time you didn't get anything else out of it. And so the fact that you're here is significant and I don't want to undermine that and I don't want to dismiss that. We're so glad you're here and we hope you come back and bring somebody with you. But what God has planned for your life, what God has purpose for your life, listen very carefully, is so much more than just attending a church service, and sitting, and watching, and learning, and listening, and attending to sit, and learn, and watch, and listen. That's very important, but there's more to it than that. Secondly, this is a tricky title because we want to be careful at the same time not to promote a performance-driven faith, a performance-driven approach to God, because let's be very clear. Our faith in Jesus Christ is really about what he has done for us. It's not about what we've done somehow for him. It's a free gift that we receive through faith by putting our trust in him. This is really about Jesus' flawless performance, not our attempted performance to try to somehow earn or qualify for God's love because we can't do it. And so the foundation of our faith is what we receive from God through Jesus Christ. However, we are called to action. So it's not enough just to believe good things about God, just to listen 
to good things about God. And it's not enough for us to talk good things about God. We are called to action. So church is not enough. Enough for what? Enough to take you where God wants to take you for the purpose that he has for your life. Attending church is not enough to give you what you're going to need and to equip you for what life is going to throw at you. You're going to need more than one hour on a Sunday or a Thursday or watching live online or later on in the week on demand. You're going to need more. You're going to need a faith that affects all 168 hours of your week and not just one. So that's why we're doing this series, and that's what we're going to be talking about. I guess you could say that this series is really a five-week-long sermon, and we're just going to do part one. Aren't you glad? Today. All right? And everything we've just said up until now could be considered introduction. <laughs> so let's jump in. And let me kind of set the rest of this series up with something that I think you and I need to be challenged with. A lot of people don't know this, but Jesus had a kid brother. Jesus was a big brother. Jesus' kid brother was a guy named James. And at first, James didn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah. James didn't believe that Jesus was the Son of God. Would you believe your brother was the Son of God? Seriously, right? And even into Jesus' ministry, we, we see no indication that James was a follower of his big brother Jesus until the resurrection. One of the greatest proofs of the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the fact that his own little brother became a follower of Jesus. I mean, what would it take for you? <laughs> what would it take for you? to consider that your brother is the son of God. He'd have to do something like rise from the dead. (laughs) And if he did, right, you would be convinced he's not just my brother, he is my Lord. And the fact that Jesus didn't just see, I mean, James didn't just see Jesus as his older brother, he saw him as his Lord and master and savior. Speaks volumes to critics who say, yeah, I don't know about that. So James... Now, a follower of Jesus is the leader of the first church in the first century. One of the movers and shakers. What are you kind of calling the shots and keeping things rolling and directing things and fantastic leader. And so James, the leader of the first church in the first century, had a very interesting thing to say to this first group of Christians who were living right after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Jesus went back to heaven. Most of the Christians then were Jewish. And they were kind of in a holding pattern since Jesus left town. And here's what I mean by that. They were standing there with Jesus after the resurrection. There he is, flesh and, you know, flesh and blood. I mean, there he is. I mean, oh my goodness, we can see him. We can touch him. We can talk to him. And he ascends in a cloud up to heaven. And after he ascends to heaven and he gives them kind of the parting instructions, and we've talked about that before, we'll talk about it again in the coming weeks, an angel from heaven comes down and tells all of Jesus' followers that are like, dang, (laughs) right? The angel says, all right, he's coming back. He's coming back. 
That was the last thing the angel told him. So if you're one of those followers of Jesus back then, you're thinking what I'm thinking, I'm thinking what you're thinking. We're all thinking the same thing. We're thinking next Thursday, right? Maybe two Thursdays from now. So let's just kind of hang tight here, okay? Because he's coming back, he's coming back, he's coming. This is so cool. He's going to come back. I mean, we can wait a little while. This is great, right? And so there's kind of in a holding pattern, but that holding pattern kind of just kind of extended itself. And so James is writing to a group of Christians who are looking for Jesus to come back. And in the meantime, in this holding pattern, they're meeting together, which is a good thing. Right, because we're waiting, we're waiting, we're all bunched up here, we're kind of waiting. And they're spending time in prayer, which is a great thing, we'll see that in the series. And they're paying very close attention to the teachings of the apostles, which is very important. But still, they're just kind of like in a holding pattern, Jesus is coming back, Jesus is coming back. And James writes the first letter in the New Testament to the first Christians in the first century in this first church. And as they were meeting together, listening to the teachings of the apostles, they read these words from Jesus' little brother, James. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. So imagine reading this. Imagine reading this and going, say, what? I thought this is what we're supposed to do. Jesus is coming back. I mean, it wasn't like last Thursday. I'm sure it's next Thursday. Right? Don't just listen. James is like, you got to move to action. If you just listen and learn and fill your head full of information and knowledge about God, but you don't actually do something with it, you're fooling yourself. How could you be fooling yourself if you listen and you don't put it into action and you don't do something? Because... Here's the interesting thing about spiritual information. When you're learning things about God, it feels good. It feels good. And it gives you the feeling of having done something. It happens every Sunday. It's happening right now. There are people all over the world attending church, and they're learning good information about God, very important information about God, and they will leave going, that was nice. That was good. That was good. I, learned, I know so much more. That was deep. Oh, I, I'm just, I didn't know that. That's so interesting. But they won't do a dang thing with it. You're fooling yourself because you feel like you've grown closer to God just by knowing more. And it's not about knowing more if you don't do something with it. It goes on. If you do what it says and you don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Get that. God blesses you for doing it, not hearing it, not learning it, not knowing it, but doing it. That's when the blessing comes. It's so important, right? It's, it's so many with Christians are like, oh, I love to think about the things of God. I love, and that's great. Nothing wrong with that. There's a place for that. But what are you doing with the things of God, right? How are you living it out? It's like that whole thing that somebody told us a long time ago that's not true, that it's the thought that counts. It's not the thought that counts. Nice people say that. Well, it's the thought that counts. Oh, yeah? Hey, dudes, listen. Next time it's your wife's birthday, Come up to her, look in her eyes, and say, hey, babe, I went to the store last week. You know that thing that you've been wanting, you've been eyeing? I love you so much. I stood there, and I looked at it, and I was thinking of you, and I was thinking about getting this, and I'm thinking about how happy you would be if I got it. That's it. Happy birthday. She's going to be looking at you like, say, what? 
Oh, babe, you know it's a thought that counts. <laughs> You're a fool. It ain't the thought that counts. It's the buying that sucker, putting it in the bag, bringing it home to mama and saying, here you go, baby, I love you, happy birthday. That's what counts. It's action that counts. It ain't thinking about it. So all you nice people out there are like, it's the thought that counts. It's the thought. Yeah. I don't know who told you that. It didn't work in life, don't work on your wife's birthday, and it don't work in following Jesus. It's the thought that counts. No, he said, God blesses you for doing it. God blesses you for doing it. God blesses you for doing it. Let's go on. Man, this is challenging, isn't it? What good is it? He goes on to chapter two. He says, so what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but you don't show it by your actions? It's a rhetorical question. It don't do no good. That's what he's saying. No good at all. And I know the grammar on that's kind of jacked up, but you get the point, right? What good is it? Not very much. If you don't show it by your actions. You know why that's so important? Just a little note right here. When it comes to your faith, if you don't show it, they won't know it. If you don't show it, other people won't know it because you can't see my heart. You can only see what I do that's in my heart. You can't see my faith inside. You can only see the evidence of my faith. You see, the purpose of faith is not to have it, but to live it. That, he didn't give, God didn't give you this just for the heck of having it. He wants you to do something with it and live it out. If you don't show it, they won't know it. So what good is it, he said? If you say you've got this, man, yeah, I'm a follower of Jesus, I attend, I go to church, I go to church, but you leave it at church and you don't live it out in the 167 hours after you leave church, it's no good. Then he wraps it up with this. So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. It's not enough. It just isn't, simply is not enough. Unless it produces good deeds, unless you do something with it, unless you live it out, it is dead and useless. Now, he's not saying you're not a Christian. He's just saying your faith is stagnant. It's not growing. It's dead. It's not moving. It's not vibrant. It just kind of exists. And then he ends with this analogy. Just as the body is dead, without breath, it just lays there. It doesn't disappear. It just kind of lays there. So also faith just kind of lays there. It's dead without good works, without doing something with it. So at the beginning of this five-week-long sermon in this series called Church is Not Enough, I'm going to leave you with this. I think, I think this is what James, Jesus' little brother, would say. To you and me and professional Christians, you know, who attend and we attend and we show up and we attend and we check the box. I went to church. I went to church. I go to church. He would say to us, don't just attend. Engage. Do something. Live it out. Put it into practice. Don't just show up and attend. Attending is important, but it can be very passive. When you engage, that is action, that is intentionality, that is doing something. So the question should be, how engaged am I? Not, do I show up and attend? Because most people are not very engaged. They just attend and they leave. Reminds me of uh, Disney's Bugs Life movie. You guys remember Bugs Life? I love Bugs Life. It was one of my favorites. And, and remember the main character, Flick, the little ant? You know, just like ADD and you get anxiety issues and all this kind of stuff, you know. I can really, really relate. 
Flick, he's worried about everything all the time. And they're trying to tell him, they're trying to tell Flick, you know, here's the deal with the grasshoppers. You know, they come and they're scary. I didn't know grasshoppers were scary. In Bug's life, grasshoppers are scary. You'll never look at a grasshopper the same way again. And then they come and, 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 and then they, they take all the food that the ants have, they steal the food the ants have stored up for themselves and then they, they leave. And, then until they, and so they're trying to help Flick understand this. And so they tell Flick, all right, here's the deal with the grasshoppers. Let's just sum it up. They come, they eat, they leave. They come, they eat, they leave. And so he, he's like soothing himself. He's trying to prepare himself. You know, they come, they eat, they leave. They come, they eat, they leave. They come, they eat, they leave. They come. And as a pastor, I feel very much the same way about a lot of church people. They come, they eat, they leave. <laughs> Until next week. And then they come, they eat, they leave. Unless they you know, have something else better to do. And then they watch, they eat, they leave online. Which is, you know, just as good. And we're so glad you're watching online. We're not throwing darts at that at all. We're so glad you're here. That's why it's there. They come, they eat, they leave. They come, they eat, they leave. This is what James is getting to. If your faith is a come, they eat, they leave kind of faith, it's not going to take you very far. You're going to need more than that. Not just attend, but engage. You say, why does it matter? You should just be happy. I'm here, man. <laughs> you don't understand. What a miracle. You ever seen a miracle? Here's a miracle. I'm at church. You should just be thankful. I'm here, dude. Oh, I'm so glad you're here. And that is significant. And I applaud you and I'm so proud of you if you're new. But if you call yourself a follower of Jesus and you've been following Jesus for a period of time, it's not going to be enough. You know why? You may look at your life and you're like, well, I'm okay with my life just like it is. Well, the problem is life is not going to stay like it is. Life is going to throw stuff at you that you're going to need to go to the next level in order to survive it and handle it and grow from it. So what's the big deal? Because if you don't engage, you won't grow. If you don't engage, if you simply attend, you won't grow. And life is going to continue to throw stuff at you. And God wants to equip you with what you need to live out his purpose and to handle what's coming next and just attending, maybe you've been wondering, well, I go to church, I don't understand. And people say that to me all the time. I don't understand what's going on in my life. I go to church. Well, that's great, but going to church just means you got a good starting point. What are you doing with it? If you don't live it out, you won't grow. But if you do, you will grow, and God will bless you for it. We just read that, right? God blesses you for doing it. So in this series, I challenge you to engage personally. Not just attend, but engage. Now that's going to look a little different for all of us, depending upon where we are spiritually in our journey with God. It's going to look a little different for some of you. The next level of engagement, and we're going to talk about this in the coming weeks, is simply for you to trust Jesus as your Savior. Because you've been kicking the tires on this thing. You're not quite sure if you're in yet. And it's time for you to declare, you know what? Even though I don't have all my questions answered, even though I don't understand everything yet, I do know this. If Jesus did that for me, sign me up. I'm in. And you need to put your trust and your faith in Jesus as Savior. And that is how you need to engage. For others of you, you've made this decision. But nobody knows it. Shh. And you need to go public through baptism. The symbol of baptism is meant for us to go public with the decision that we are now trusting and following Jesus. 
And so for those of you that are followers of Jesus and you're trying to keep it on the down low, no. The world needs to know it. And baptism is the symbol that Jesus gave us to let them know. Maybe that's your next level. For others of you, you know what your next level is? It's to serve, to volunteer. Roll your sleeves up, dive in. Not just come in like a sponge and soak up all the good things that everybody else is doing, but say, hey, listen, I'm not just going to attend. I'm going to engage. I'm going to engage. I don't want to be a come, they eat, they leave kind of follower of Jesus. By the way, if you're following Jesus, then it would make sense that you would do what Jesus did. And Jesus said, no, I didn't come to be served. And had he come to be served, who could have argued? He's Jesus. It's the son of God. He said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve others. I came to serve others. So if I'm following him, then I will be serving others, and you will be serving others. I mean, for those of you that are not serving and volunteering, that just might be. In fact, I can tell you that's part of your next level of engagement. For others of you, get in a group. We'll talk about why in this series. Because in order for God to take you where God wants to take you, your faith cannot grow in isolation from others. You were not meant to be a loner. In no way, shape, or form does it work like that. And so your next level of engagement just might be, it's time for you to get in a group. You say, well, I don't know anybody. Well, then get in a group of people you know. You mean I can just get my friends together? Yeah, just get your friends together. You mean I don't have to meet new people? Not if you don't want to. New people can be weird. But maybe you're ready for the new people. Maybe you're down with the old people. I'm done with my old friends. I need some new friends. Great, in the group. You'll be amazed at what God does in your life. For others of you, you ready for this one? Your next level engagement is to give. Is to give. Jesus was so clear on this. You can look at how somebody handles their finances and you can tell everything you need to know about the direction and the loyalty of their heart. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. That's what Jesus said. And so for those of you that, man, I, I come and I'm so glad, I'm so glad, I'm so glad that church is here and I get so much out of it. Yeah, are you the center of this? Is this all about you? Is this all about me? Maybe it's time for you to say, what can I bring to it? How does God want me to invest into this mission of Jesus so that we can continue to be here for others who don't yet know either? Next level engagement for you is to give. And for all of us, we can always engage this way by inviting by inviting, we would talk about that. Just a simple, hey, you got to come to church. You got to come to church with me. I know, I know that sounds weird. I, you know what? And I know you're a little freaked out about it. Here's the deal. Next week, I'll come over to your house. I'll bring the coffee. I'll bring some donuts. And we'll watch together online live so you can see we're not quite as weird as you think it might be. And, and, and then we'll kind of ease you into it, right? Or, or you got to come with me. You got to, however you want to invite. I'll take you out to lunch. I'll introduce you to somebody cute. You know, however, whatever, you know, just invite. That, that's a great way, a next level of engagement. Everybody has a next level of engagement. Next week, we're actually going to introduce a new tool. And it's not really new. It's kind of old, but it's kind of new for us to help make this very simple and very clear. But for right now, I want you to leave in the next few moments asking yourself this question. How do I need to engage? How do I need 
to engage. Now that you have attended, and you have attended so well today, congratulations. Check. Now what are you going to do? How do you need to engage? Because this one hour is not going to be enough. Church attendance is not enough. There's more to receive and there's more to share. Let's do that. Let me pray for you. Dear Father, we thank you so much for James, the little brother of Jesus, touching on something that is so crucial to all of our faith journeys. I need this reminder. We need this reminder. Help us all to consider what our next level of engagement is. May we never settle for just showing up and attending. Even though for those that are new, that's a very important part of their step and their journey with you. But especially for those of us who've been around a while and we have allowed ourselves to just show up and eat and leave. Lord, help us to discover where we need to engage and then do it. And that's when you bless us for doing it. Not just thinking about it, not just praying about it, but doing it. So help us in this series to engage at greater levels. In Jesus' name, amen.